is uh, they killed an innocent man. They killed an innocent man. Let's go to John chapter 18 or 19, and they're both, we're going to be at both of them right here. We're going to read John 18, 26 through 19, 6. So quite a few verses. 28, I'll start in. Jesus before Pilate, it takes place at the crucifixion. Uh, it's just before the actual crucifixion. And I like to say glorification, because if you read about Jesus Christ talking about his death, he doesn't say, I'm going to go get crucified. He says, I'm going to go be glorified. And he fulfilled his purpose in life, being obedient to his heavenly father until death. And it was a glorification of not only him, but his heavenly father. John chapter 17 describes that glorification. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas onto the hall judge hall of judgment and it was early and they themselves went not into the judgment hall lest they should de- be defiled but they that they might eat the passover we're in verse 28 29 30 and 31 explain who we're talking about now we're talking about the Jews and the high priest verse 29 pilate then went out into onto them and said pilate was the ruler of that section of rome uh, that uh, section of Israel, rather, as a Roman. What accusation bring ye against this man? So we have a picture of these Hebrew scholars and uh, lawyers and high, uh, high upper uh, religious people of the day coming before Pilate. They didn't want to get defiled by going into a heathen's courtroom, but they're delivering a man. We'll find out why. They answered and said unto him, they being those that were speaking of, if he, he were not a malefactor, would we not have delivered him up unto thee? Kind of a smart statement, isn't it? Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews, there's your answer. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Now wait a minute. I thought they were just bringing him there to be judged. They already have crucified him. They already have killed him. They already are set their teeth against him. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled in verse 32, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate, and that's an an answer to a, a prophetic scripture that he was going to be put to death by Gentiles and it would be crucifixion. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou king of the Jews? Now that was quite a bit of a prophetic piece of material that we just read through because uh, when would a Hebrew scholar or prophet or priest for that matter ever be subject to Roman's crucifixion, Roman crucifixion? And uh, it was all pre pre pre-told, and it has, is coming to pass as we read through it. Jesus answered and sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell thee of me? Pilate asked him, are you king of the Jews? And he says, how do you know? You know how we know he was king of the Jews or king of uh, this world? Through scripture. And that's where Christ, you'll see here in just a few minutes, that's where Christ was going with this. He wanted Pilate the ruler of the kingdom, to read scripture. He wanted him to search the word. He wanted him to be exposed to God's word. Not necessarily to him and what he said, but he wanted him 
He wanted him to, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what he wanted Pilate, to come to terms with God the Father through his word. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Romans 1, 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. It's Jesus Christ. And the Word is standing in front of him. Jesus Christ is standing in front of him, telling him to get into the Word of God. That was his witness and his testimony. We'll see that in just a moment. Jesus answered, Seest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell thee of me? Pilate answered and said, Am I a Jew? Do I read your scriptures? Do I take time in your paperwork? Then thine own nation, thy chief priest, and that's who we were in verse 28. That's who the we's were, them. The chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? First question. When you ask God a question, he's going to answer it. He'll answer it. Pilate therefore said unto him, or what hast thou done? Jesus in verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not of from hence. I like to be delivered to the Jews. Wasn't he being delivered to the Romans? Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou king then? Second question. Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. That's what he's already done with Pilate. He's already told him, of the truth. He's already told him that he should be seeking truth, and he already told him that he should find truth. Everyone that is of truth heareth my voice. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said thus, he went out again into the, unto the Jews and said unto them, First time he finds no fault in this man, an innocent man. And if you study your scriptures, you'll find that innocent blood is shed for the remission of sin. Innocent man. He's proclaimed innocent three times in the passage we'll read, and five times Pilate tries to get out of killing him. What are you going to do with Jesus when you're confronted through his word? Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had thus, when he had said thus, he went out again into unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find no fault at all. But he ha, but ye have a custom. I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will he therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? They cried, they cried, they all again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. And they released Barabbas eventually. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus. We're in chapter 19 now. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe, signifying he was being a king. 
a royalty, and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold this man, called him a man. When the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, Pilate made a decision when he called him a man because he was confronted with a king. And he was confronted not with a king of the world he was in. Pilate realized Jesus Christ was talking about spiritual kingdoms and spiritual things. Pilate was shaken in his boots. This is the third time he tries to let Jesus Christ off the hook. And when the chief and the crown then came forth, Jesus wearing a crown of thorns, purple and and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold this man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him. And then he says, For I find no fault. You know, when we give ourselves over to the devil and to fear and to uh, being controlled by a crowd, we often are forced into doing things we know aren't right. You know, misery loves company, and uh, riot, riotous living demands a crowd. And oftentimes we get in the wrong place at the wrong time. All of us can fall into sin. I believe Pilate knew better. I, 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 I'm, we're not done, but he's, he still tries to get him off the hook one more time. But he was caught up by a number of things. He denied Christ at the last moment. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law we ought to, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. That's the real reason they wanted to crucify him, was because he was the son of God. The Hebrew scholars wanted him dead because of the law of blasphemy they had, which had no bearing in a Roman court. But they brought him before the Roman court to wash their hands of the responsibility because the feast of the Passover was coming up, and they were focused more on having a good time later. And it was a good time for them. They were honored in their positions of authority. They were reminisce of a time when God the Father had his hand on Israel. Right now, his hand is not on the spiritual leaders of Israel. You could make that an interesting parable for this day and age. When Pilate therefore heard the saying, he was more afraid. There he is. He's afraid. This is the, this is the fourth man in command in the Roman Empire. The fourth man in command. He's got two other brothers that are big shots as well. He's almost in a union, so to speak. And he's got power beyond power, and he's already afraid. Of what? A bunch of guys in robes with big pointy hats and, you know, incense burning and stuff? No, he's afraid of Jesus Christ. He's afraid of the truth is what he's afraid of. And he went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate, then said Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me, knowest that thou art 
that I have the power to crucify thee and have power to release thee. He's threatening him to point now. He's realizing the, 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 the momentum is changing hands now. And the power is being called into question. And he's asking Jesus Christ to respond to him. And Jesus Christ, I know, is thinking of the portion of Scripture in Isaiah where it says he was led as a lamb dumb before the shearers. I've had the privilege to shear sheep. It's not much of a privilege. It's a lot of work. But they are dead quiet till you tip them over upside down and start taking the hide off of them. And even then, they're pretty quiet. But they know what's going on. Some of them sheep, they live an average of six to seven to eight years. They've been sheared, some of them, twice a year, whether they need it or not. But they come in and they're quiet. They're not noisy until after you're done with them. Jesus Christ knew Scripture. He was brought up on Scripture. He believed in Scripture. In fact, he was Scripture incarnate. And he fulfilled scripture down to the last T. The coincidence are un, unquestionable. There is no way someone could have accomplished what Jesus Christ accomplished in the 33 years of his life by just living and doing what God wanted him to do, except that it was predestined through God. Jesus answering, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. He's letting, he's taken his prosecutor and taken him off the hook. He's shown him forgiveness, which the pilot couldn't demonstrate upon him. In fact, he went to the cross and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you find yourself in a position where you've denied him, either at work or in your daily activity or just in plain sin in your life, or you've denied him his existence in a point that you didn't make in a conversation or an opportunity you didn't take and an opportunity you should have taken, you've denied him, Jesus Christ will forgive you. There might be a sin unto death, but there's not a sin that will dismiss you from knowing Christ as your personal Savior. There's no way you can deny what you, Jesus will deny what you did for him. This is a good case for uh, eternal security of the believer. You have no worry about that. But on the other hand, you are not to sin. That sin may abound, as Paul said, but grace will protect you and help you, will save you from the torments of hell, but the greatest life you could have had, you'll pass up. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. There it is. Fifth time. Third time he says it here. And the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art no, art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. Uh, Satan's crafty. He's tricky. When Pilate therefore heard this thing, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but the Hebrew, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha, 
place in Jerusalem that the high stony ridge. That's what I added to that portion of Scripture. And it, it was in pre this preparation of the Passover at about the sixth hour, and he said unto Jesus, Behold, unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto thee, Shall I crucify your king? There's another time he tries to spare him. The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. There's only two kings in this world. I had a discussion with an individual earlier this week about one good point that some other false brethren bring up. They say that Jesus Christ had a brother and they fight over this planet. And uh, there's two kings in this world. There's a king of this world and there's a king in the world that we're going to. Jesus Christ is the heavenly king. Lucifer is the prince of this world, the Bible calls, because he really can't overpower the king. But you're going to serve one of the two. There's a constant battle going on in our hearts and in our loyalty. Which one are you going to serve? You'll have opportunity to do either one when you walk out these doors or even before you walk out these doors today. You'll have an opportunity in who you forgive and who you choose not to forgive. You have an opportunity in what you do and who you choose, what you choose not to do. You'll have an opportunity to make up your mind you're going to be back tonight or you won't be back tonight. You'll have an opportunity in your mind to praise God the rest of this week with your actions and your movements and your, and your uh, being or deny God the rest of this week. Now, we're all subject to those things. I, as me in this town, I, I keep going through the thing in my mind. Uh, the emphasis I'm trying to make is on church. We're going to have a message tonight on church again, and I'll leave you with that message. Probably we'll, we'll finish up that series. But I always think of Peter, who seen Christ and was there when Christ was crucified. You know, all those things he's seen and experienced. And where did God catch him doing one week? Well, the weather was nice. The sea was calm. He was out fishing. And it wasn't just a mistake that God seen him naked, because that's how God sees each one of us. He's seen him naked. He says, come on, follow me. One more chance. One more chance. I don't want to be living on that much grace. But I will. I'll take it when I need it. But God wants us to set our lives aside and serve him. And it might be just as simple a thing as where you're at on Sunday, where you're at on Wednesday. What you do, do and don't do might be just that simple. Let's all stand.